Ladies and gentlemen, it only took 162 games, 9 innings, and just one out for the Yankees to clinch! They made it to the postseason! But even more importantly, the Jets won today. This is a great day for New York all around. We can give it up to the Giants, too. They won as well. But good for you, New York. So proud. Good afternoon and welcome to the podcast. I'm Nick Drago. Today on the show, yeah, we got to talk about the MLB playoffs because it was crazy. Plus, Robin Lehner took a flamethrower to the NHL this weekend, and I can't wait to talk about that. And, of course, how could we not get into football, friends? Football, football, football. Stick with us because sports, sports, sports starts now. Welcome, welcome to the Sports 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 Podcast with me, your host, Nick Drago. The only show in town where you can have your cake and eat it too. For those of you that are new to the program, howdy doody, nice to meet you and welcome to the show. Uh, we like to talk about all the sports news and information from the previous week and give you some insight on the next week, month, year, etc. If you like what you hear, find me on SoundCloud, Twitter, YouTube, and the Facebook. Just type in Sports 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 with Nick Drago. That's me. And uh, yeah, do all that. Fun stuff. Am I right, friends? All right. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. How was your weekend? Was it lovely, entertaining, exciting? We celebrated my birthday two months after my birthday actually happened. Happy 30 to me. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, My child is sleeping through the night, which is so awesome. (laughs) Go, baby, go. However, I do have my handy-dandy baby monitor here, so just in case he cries... We'll take a quick pause in the middle of the video, so if there's a quick little jump, or if I just suddenly abruptly leave and keep it, I'll just keep it video running for like 20 minutes while I quell a screaming child. How's that sound? No, he's actually been pretty good. I'm not anticipating anything, although I should knock on wood, because of course me saying that probably just jinxed the entire thing. All right, friends. I know you're itching to talk all about baseball. Let's start by talking all about baseball. The season is over. 162 games. Man, that's a long season. After last year where we had like a 10-game season. Alright, I'm just kidding. It was a little longer than that. But uh, why don't we take a look at the final standing. So, for the AL East, the Rays come out on top with 100 wins, 62 losses. The Yankees and Red Sox ended up tying for the wild card. And this was a wild, a wild card, wild day. You had the Red Sox, Yankees, Blue Jays, and Mariners. All within one game of the wild card. There were scenarios out there where four teams could have could have made it, and they'd have to do two play-in games to determine who the two wild card teams. Are. Just ugh. and you know what? If you're one of those teams, it's hair raising because you now you you're gonna want to use one of your best starters, and then you get to the wild card game. You want to use your best starter for that, so you're gonna burn through your top two guys before you even get to day one. Um. So anyway, Yankees-Red Sox. Yankees clinched it in the final out of the game 
or I'm sorry, it was one out, one out, walk off home run. Red Sox actually almost lost this one, but they ended up beating the Nationals seven to five. They came back to win it, and that got them home field advantage for the wild card game. On the AL Central, you know, we teased the whole thing with with Tony La Russa coming back and coaching the White Sox, but here they are, first place in the division, um, and ran away with it, by the way. I mean, the Indians, Tigers, Royals, Twins, none of them had a winning record. The darn Twins, they were supposed to be, like, the best team in the AL Central. Not happening anymore, friends. They are dead last. And the AL West, surprise, surprise, the Astros on top once again, and that's just irks me so much, so much. Mariners weren't too far behind. They had 90 wins. It's a shame. A really good season for the Mariners, and they end up going down the way they did. Same thing with for the Blue Jays. Nobody expected the Blue Jays to win 91 games, which, by the way, let's talk about the ALEs for a second. You had four teams win over 90 games, right? In a different division, NL East, the Blue Jays would have been a playoff team. And now... Here they are. Uh, going to the National League, I already mentioned the NL East, but the Braves did come out on top of that one. It was close with the Phillies, but uh, Philly just, they controlled their destiny, and they choked. I'm sorry, Philly friends. I feel for you. I was rooting for the Phils, too. Um, so Braves go on for the NL East. On the NL Central, it's the Brewers on top, and then you have the Cardinals, who crushed it towards the end of the season and really ran to the top of this, uh, well, not the top, but ran towards the end of the uh, division. They, they, I mean, honestly, they're only five games back from the Brewers. That's not that bad. And then you have the NL West, where it's Giants and Dodgers. Only one game separated them. Could you, the Dodgers, man, they really pushed. You have two teams there with over 100 wins. Giants at 107 and the Dodgers at 108. Six, Dodgers went nine and one in their last ten games. They wanted this so bad, but the Giants—they look pretty darn good this year. And the Padres, going into the season, everybody thought the Padres were going to make the playoffs. They were going to push the Dodgers for first place, and they were twenty-eight games back. They—they they had a losing record, seventy-nine and eighty-three. So. Uh, Yikes. Let's take a look at that bracket, though, and we'll kind of make a couple predictions here. Uh, So New York and Boston, like I said, that's going to be the first wild card game in Fenway. Kind of exciting, right? New York, Boston, the rivalry reignited. Um, New York actually swept the Red Sox earlier this week. I don't think this is going to be an easy game for Boston. They're going to have to get past Garrett Cole. I think for the most part, the Yankees have been clicking uh, maybe not so much against Tampa, but realistically in their last couple of games, they've they've looked good. And I actually think the Yankees are going to come out on top on this in this game. Um, I, I just think they're in the right position at this time. Um, they will then go on to play the Rays, and honestly, I think the Rays are going to destroy them. They're a young team. They're a good team. They have tons of playoff experience after last year's run. Um, I don't think the Yankees are going to get very far. And even if it's the Red Sox playing Tampa, I think the Rays are that good that they're going to get rid of them. White Sox and Astros. Again, the Astros have been... Gee, the Astros have been in the ALCS how many years now in a row, right? I, I think they've, I, they're have they consistently in the ALCS. Um, I do see the Astros getting there. Them in Tampa, that's where things get dicey. I don't know. I really don't know. I think Tampa's the better team still, but like I'm also hesitant to pick the same team to get to the World Series two years in a row. Uh, over to the NL side, uh, Los Angeles and St. Louis. As much as I love that the Cardinals have really pushed themselves into this spot, 
I think LA is going to run away with that game. Like, it's not going to be pretty. And then we get the series that everybody wants to see. San Francisco, Los Angeles, best of five. I'm there for it. Let's see it. I want it. I want that to happen. Um, that, that It could go either way. It really can. I think the Dodgers are the better team. They have better, you know, better, more playoff experience, whatever it is. But San Fran's just been on fire. So, um, And I think of the season series, San Francisco has won... 10 games, and Los Angeles won 9. So, really, there's not much advantage there. And then you have the Braves, and you have the Brewers. And that's another <laughs> exciting series. But I, I think just I think overall the Brewers are the slightly better team. Um, regardless, I just I, it's either going to be San Francisco or it's going to be Los Angeles coming out of this one. Giants, Dodgers, I don't know. Uh, probably playing the Rays in the finals, if I had to guess. In the World Series finals. <laughs> Um, let's see, Tony Russo, we talked about that. Uh, oh, are we on NFL already? All right, we're going, we're going to the NFL. A lot of games, a lot of games to talk about, one, one of which is going on right now, actually. Uh, so week four started with the Bengals and the Jaguars. Joe Burrow, you know, Jaguars looked pretty good early on. They were up 14-0, but Joe Burrow, 348 yards, two touchdowns. He led the way. No TDs for Trevor Lawrence, but no interceptions, right? Not so bad. Um, Jets and Titans. This was a wild game. Those of you who have been watching my show for a long time will know I am a Jets fan. And who is it tough being such a fan? Um, but today, today was a great day. Zach Wilson, 329 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw that early interception. We can ignore that. But the, the team was clicking and he showed up. He showed us that there is potential, that Zach Wilson can be the guy. They got to fix the offensive line. They need some some receivers to pair with him, and I think they'll get those. I think they'll get there. Michael Carter didn't look too bad, 38 yards, but he had a touchdown. He did have that touchdown. Um, yeah, sorry. So the, the way this game went down, right, Tennessee was up early. Jets came back. Jets had the lead in the fourth quarter. And they were up by seven. And in the final, probably five minutes of the game, Tennessee made their way slowly and methodically downfield. I mean, the Jets really couldn't stop them at all. So they tie it up. They tie the game. Go, they go into overtime. Jets score a field goal early on, and same thing starts to happen. The Jets are pushing the Titans back. You know, it'd be it was like third and twenty one play, and then they get it right up to the one yard line, and then they push it over. So you know, they get a fourth down conversion, and it happened twice. And they, then they're going for the field goal. They're going to go for the tie. Time's running out on the clock, and they miss the field goal. What a game. It was an emotional roller coaster for a Jets fan like me. Happy it's over. I feel bad for all the fans who had to watch this on national television because that's not the type of game you want on national television. But uh, Bears and Lions. Bears crushed the Lions 24-14. Singletary, he went down in that game. That could be hurtful for the Bears. Uh, not Singletary, I'm sorry, Montgomery. <laughs> David Montgomery went down uh, with a knee injury. So we'll see what happens there. But he had two touchdowns in the game and got me a lot of fantasy points. Uh, the Colts beat the Dolphins 27-17. How did Carson Wentz do in this one? Good old Wentz, 228 yards and two TDs. Uh, the Browns, they got a win over the Vikings, 14-7. Washington beat the Falcons. Falcons were beating them for most of that game. Washington turned it around, beat them 34-30. to 
Bills destroyed Houston 40 to nothing. Oh god. Saints lose to the Giants in overtime 27-21 just with the Giants needs Daniel Jones 402 yards, two touchdowns. The Chiefs destroy the Eagles 42-30. I shouldn't say destroy. It's definitely more points than we anticipated the Eagles having. But Pat Mahomes, five touchdowns. He looked pretty darn good. And they needed a statement game like that after losing their last two. Cowboys get a win over the Panthers, 36-28. Good game all around by Darnold, who, by the way, broke a record for most rushing touchdowns by week four for a quarterback. That's pretty, pretty impressive for a guy who basically sucked for the last three years. And it's not his fault. It's the Jets' fault. Seahawks get a win over the 49ers, 28-21. Cardinals get a win over the Rams, 37-20. Packers beat the Steelers, 27-17. Aaron Rodgers in this game looked decent. Uh, Ravens get a win over the Broncos and broke a record, by the way. Uh, How many straight games with 100 yards rushing? Let's see. I have it here somewhere. I thought I had it here somewhere. Um, here it is. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were actually, there were three seconds left in the game. Normally, you'd take a knee in a situation like that, but uh, they they chose to tie a 44-year-old NFL rushing record, which is how many games? 43 straight games with 100 yards rushing. Thank you to Lamar Jackson for those final five yards. Uh, John Harbaugh said it was 100% his call, and uh, good for them. Good for them. Broke a record. Broke a record. Uh, oh, but Teddy Bridgewater out with a concussion. I should have mentioned that. That really sucks. I really like Bridgewater. You know, he's been fighting for a starting job again. I mean, the guy has been around for quite some time. He, he really lost his starting job. Can we get his stats up here? Uh, lost his starting job in Minnesota due to injury. And then... He came back, didn't really get a fair shot anywhere. He was on the Jets on their practice squad. He was in New Orleans, uh, sat behind, you know, sat behind Drew Brees in New Orleans, and then last year got it did really well, f- almost four thousand yards passing with Carolina. Um, so real shame for him. He he definitely deserved uh, a better shot. I hope his concussion is very mild, and we don't have to worry about it for too long. Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo also went down. So Trey Lance. Um, I have to apologize for that, folks. Some, some something weird's going on with my computer here, so the camera just cut out. Um, so we, I, the last thing I was talking about was Trey Lance uh, stepped in for Jimmy G in their loss. Uh, Garoppolo went down. What was the injury? Um, calf, calf injury. So hopefully he's back soon. Teddy Bridgewater, we're hoping you're back soon. Uh, Jabril Peppers, did you see the coin toss? Jabril Peppers was so fired up. Let's see if this will actually play here. You're our visiting team. You have the choice. This is tails. This is heads. Heads is the call. And it is heads. Jabril Peppers was very, very amped up to win that coin toss. If I if I was the Giants, I'd, I'd throw him out there every week for the coin toss, honestly. Uh, Tom Brady. Greeted with cheers and not jeers in his return to New England. I will say, as much as I hate the Patriots, their fans are kind of classy at times, or at least the organization is. It's the right thing to do. You know, the fans love the guy still, and uh, I'm, I'm just not surprised. I don't think it was any 
I don't think there's any bad bad blood there. Let's take a look at the standings right now. Not the Raiders. I don't want to see the Raiders. I want to see the whole darn thing. AFC East, Bills on top, 3-1. and one. Patriots, Dolphins, Jets all have only one win. Patriots right now are playing. Do we have a, a score on that game? I think it's halftime. It's 13-7 with the Bucks ahead. I would imagine Patriots are going to lose this game. It'll be 1-3, but... We'll see. Raiders are 3-0, and uh, followed by the Broncos at 3-1. Chargers 2-1. and They play tomorrow. And the Chiefs at 2-2. Two and two. Actually, the Raiders-Chargers, that game's tomorrow. That'll be a good test for the Raiders. I, I think it'll be a fun game. AFC North, you have the Bengals at 3-1, and one, Ravens 3-1, and one, and the Browns all 3-1. <laughs> Steelers at 1-3. and three. Bengals are technically in first place in the AFC North. Don't expect that to last, but it's fun while, while it's there. AFC South was perhaps the worst division right now. Titans are two and two despite dropping their last two games. They're they're still in it, still alive. Losing to the Jets though, haha. Texans are one and three. Colts are one and three, and the Jaguars are zero oh and four. In the NFC, the Cowboys are three and one. Washington is two and two. Eagles one and three, and the Giants at one and three. NFC West, you have the Cardinals at 4-0, Rams at 3-1, Seahawks 2-2, 49ers at 2-2. And in the NFC North, it's the Packers on top at 3-1, followed by the Bears, Vikings, and the Lions with zero wins. NFC South has the Panthers on top. Good for you, Panthers, at 3-1, although the Bucks still play tonight. Like I said, I think they're going to win, so I'd imagine they're also going to be 3-1. And they have the Saints at 2-2 and, and the Falcons at 1-3. Playoffs started right now. You'd have the Bills, the Raiders, the Bengals, and the Titans as your as your playoff teams. The Bills, the Raiders, the Bengals, and the Titans. If you had said that to me four years ago, I would shit a brick. I'm not kidding. That is insane. Uh, and your wildcard teams, I think, would probably be the Ravens and Browns. Yes, Ravens and Browns would be your wildcard teams there. Uh, in the NFC, Cowboys, Cardinals, Packers, and Panthers would be your number ones, uh, followed by the Rams at 3-1, and probably the Buccaneers would be your other wild card team. One last thing before we move off of NFL football. I just saw this tweet the other day about Adam Gase. Um, listen, we like to, to joke, but like every quarterback that gets away from Gase, like Tannehill and... Uh, and uh, Sam Darnold uh, both succeeded very heavily and highly after getting the hell away from him. On top of that, uh, the year after he left the Broncos, they won the Super Bowl. The year after he left LSU, they won the national title. And guess what? The year after he left his high school team, Marshall, they won the state title uh, in, in after he graduated in 1996. So Adam Gase is a... Uh, Cool. This is an ongoing issue for him. I wonder if he like if he sleeps at night thinking about this stuff. Um, Cincinnati. Cincinnati moves up in the top twenty-five for the NCAA football. As you know, I'm not a huge NCAA follower, so like I don't want to sit there and give you bad information. I do check them out every once in a while. But Clemson falling out for the first time since 2014. Yikes. All right, let's talk NBA because uh, there's. There's not much NBA news, you know, preseason starting soon, but there's two big stories going on right now. The biggest, of course, is Kyrie Irving, Andrew Wiggins, both of whom are not vaccinated and both of whom play in a city where they were told that if you're not vaccinated, you can't show up to work. So what does that mean for Kyrie Irving, Andrew Wiggins? It means if you're not vaccinated, you cannot play home games. That is half of your games are played at home. And you can't play? 
I mean, that's insane. Kyrie, this is, this is, I have a long-standing issue with Kyrie Irving. Um, he's a very charitable guy. I'm sure outside of NBA, like, he's a great, great guy, really nice, but, like, he, he is probably the best NBA player at figuring out ways not to do his job. Remember last season where he just didn't feel like playing for a while? Like, this is the same thing all over again. Andrew Wiggins went out and got, um, and got the vaccine. Andrew Wiggins is going to be playing. And a couple other players, actually, Bradley Beal, Jonathan Isaac, they chose not to get vaccinated. Kyrie Irving can turn this whole thing around, just, you know, if he gets the vaccine. If he doesn't get the vaccine, okay, you basically are abandoning your team for 40 games, 41 games. Um, and granted, the Nets are one of the best teams in the league. They can win without him. But if I'm the Nets, why am I going to want this guy around? Um, and, and some people are saying they should even trade Kyrie, and we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, Andrew Wiggins, like I said, he gets the vaccine, so he'll be eligible to play. This is this is what I'm talking about. So the, the other big story is Ben Simmons, right? Everybody knows the Ben Simmons saga. Doesn't want to play in Philly anymore. Joel Embiid and the other Philly players tried to fly out to L.A. to talk to him, and he refused to see them. He refused to even let them get on the plane. Um, so once one thing that came up was they should just have a straight for straight trade. Joel Embiid, not Joel Embiid, I'm sorry. <laughs> Kyrie Irving for Ben Simmons. Would Ben Simmons pair well with Harden and uh, um, and KD? No, not necessarily. In fact, I, what is going on here? Hold on a second. Something's just like popping up on my computer. I don't know what is happening today with technology. I'm, I'm not sure what's going on here. Um, I don't think that's the best trade for the Nets. Right? They'd have to get some other stuff in there, but it is what it is. Um, ben Simmons being the other, the other, I'm sorry. Uh, the other story that came out in this whole Ben Simmons debacle was Jimmy Butler. So Jimmy Butler was with the 76ers for a brief second um, and actually did some really good work there. And people were hoping, especially here in Philly, that he would stick around. And then he left and kind of made it seem like he was on his own terms. But the story came out this week from Joel Embiid himself that said they they got rid of Jimmy Butler because Simmons wasn't getting enough touches. Simmons didn't want him there. And so that led to a whole can of worms. So I, it's just crazy. Just crazy. Hopefully Philly can get some kind of trade value for the guy. I don't know. We're going to see. Russell Westbrook apparently was almost traded to the Clippers and he told the Wizards GM, hell no to something like that. So Westbrook is with the Lakers now. All right, let's talk about Robin Lehner and this flamethrower. I like that phrase. Uh, so Lehner uh, released a series of tweets. How far back are we going here? Um, basically accusing NHL teams of medical malpractice. He said, if you're looking, if you're watching our YouTube channel, you can actually see it on the screen. But we have pictures of uh, his ankle after an injury um, where I don't think he specifically calls out the Sabres, but it's heavily implied because he talks about Sabres fans and how it, you know, didn't work out. It's not your fault. Like, it's the the organization, and I tried my best with you, and blah, blah, blah. Um, so he heavily implies that it was the, this is what the, with the Sabres who are going through the same thing right now, which I, I called a different story. Um, he talks about his ankle, and he talks about, where was the one? Ambien, like, being just given a bunch of drugs before going on the right. Here we go. Ben 
sorry, I'm, I'm always bad with with uh, pharmaceutical names here. Benzodias, benzodiazepines, okay. Um, Ambien, you know, basically being prescribed without a doctor or a psychiatrist or somebody giving it to them. He also just happens to throw out something about Elaine Vigneault uh, and said, dinosaur coach treating people like robots, not human. Fire these dinosaurs. Fire, fire Vigneault. I got proof. Try to shake your way out of this one. This this tweet storm was insane. Anyway, he he basically wanted the NHL to meet with him, and that's what's going to happen. He's actually going to sit down with NHL executives. We'll see how this goes. Is he going to get blackballed for speaking out, or are real changes going to be made around the league? But I think players are, are actually fairly happy he's doing this. Another former player spoke out, and this one, oh, apologies, it's very late here. This one did not get as much media attention. But Dan Carcillo, who who many of you know played for the Blackhawks, the Kings, he, he was around a little bit. I think he was with the Rangers for a short bit. Anyway, um, I'm just going to read this this series of tweets from him. Happy to see some current NHL players sticking up for themselves. NHL Players Association, where are you at? Robin Lehner and Jack Eichel's treatment by the Buffalo Sabres is in no way an isolated incident. I'm sure you can dig up thousands of stories just like it. Some are worse. His name was Steve Montador. He was my best friend. He was cleared for 19 concussions in the NHL. He was cleared for four concussions in a span of 12 weeks while we played each other on the Blackhawks. His 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th brain injury in just 571 NHL games. That's not a lot. The Blackhawks couldn't get Steve cleared after his 19th concussion. They were trying everything to get him to feel good enough to sign his fit to play but were unsuccessful until he made a decision on his own to seek out other, seek another opinion and medical treatment. Luckily during the lockdown, Steven, the 2000, I'm assuming he's talking about the 2004, uh, no, it wasn't 2004, it was 2011. There was a, a lockdown, um, or lockout. Steve and I experienced recovery and some relief from our repetitive concussions by going to see a special man. So he decided to go again, against the advice of the team and management. I remember sitting there with him the night before he left, crying and talking about the possible repercussions from the team if he leaves without permission. It wasn't an easy decision. But Steve was strong enough to leave and seek out treatment that he knew had worked for him and worked for Sidney Crosby in 2011. Once he came back after two weeks of treatment, he was better. He's able to pass an unapproved non-peer review exertion test that the Blackhawks implement for all players to pass before returning to play. Once he did that, the team asked him to sign his fit to play. This is where you see the true colors of management running the Blackhawks organization. Within hours of signing his fit to play, the Hawks sent Steve down to the AHL club. He wasn't a black ace or allowed with or around our team during the 2013 Stanley Cup run. He was completely blackballed for seeking out treatment outside of the team's medical staff. Treatment that got him better. Treatment that got Crosby better. There's more to this story that I can't share because of litigation. Steve was the type of person and teammate that sacrificed himself for the good of the team and who went out of his way to make you feel special and wanted. The Hawks did to him what the Hawks did to him I will never forget. It crushed his spirit. It killed him. I miss you every day, my brother. I know you're guiding me still. Like today, I can feel your presence at times and will continue to honor your legacy. So what's the solution? Is there a solution? I love the saying, nothing changes if nothing changes. 
Only current players have the power to make these changes within the NHL Players Association. Remember, guys, you pay the dues. They work for you. Put people in power who will work for you and go to battle. I think it was a really nice sentiment by him. You know, it, it's sad to hear some of these stories coming out, and I'm honestly not surprised. I'm not. Um, but it, it is sad to hear all of these stories coming out. Um, for those of you who may or may not know, I'm a physical therapist, um, so I, I do my physical therapy things. Um, so I have a special interest when it comes to athletes and injuries and whatnot. And honestly, some of the stories I hear that goes on in uh, medical staff that work for sports teams, and, and trust me, I've, I've met a few um, few people who've worked for, for teams in Philly, in New York, um, in Texas. It's it's definitely scary. It's definitely scary. So I hope that the Players Association speaks up and they figure something out here. Uh, Josh Archibald's out indefinitely with a heart condition. Um, he went on a battery of tests over the past week. Oilers forward was found by doctors who have COVID-19 antibodies. I'm so sorry for yawning. Twice now I've done this. This is the problem with having a human child. He makes you very tired. Um, they believe that Archibald contracted COVID sometime in the summer and he lied and didn't tell anybody. And now he, he has some kind of heart condition. See, stars and coyotes putting on a show for fans in El Paso. I think that's pretty exciting. I wonder, because, you know, there's this whole thing with the coyotes and the arena and blah, blah, blah. I wonder if this is a way to stir up fan interest in El Paso, which is a, I mean, it's not as big as Phoenix. Let's be real but is a very big city, bigger than some teams that do have an NHL team. Maybe it's a way to drum up uh, something there. I don't think the Coyotes are going to leave Phoenix, but I just, they got to find a way to get butts in those seats. And it's and winning is not the answer, because even when they win, they're not getting butts in those seats. And, you know, I think they have the same issue as Tampa Bay. You have a lot of retirees that live there, right? So when these things happen... Um, sorry, we're also going to look up the Buccaneers score while we're talking. Um, it, it just makes things more challenging to get butts in the seats. You have a lot of retirees who just want to see their team when they come to town, right? So you end up with games where it's more Blackhawks fans than Coyotes fans some days. Uh, Buccaneers are actually losing. It's 14-13. Uh, looks like Mac Jones was able to, uh, get them ahead. Let's see. Ooh. I'm so sorry. All right, well, 14-13, exciting finish to the game. We will not have it here on the show tonight. But uh, for those of you at home, thank you for joining me today. Special thanks, as usual, to Johanna Drago. She's the content editor, logo designer, and set designer of this podcast. If you like what you hear, find me on SoundCloud, Twitter, YouTube, and the Facebook. Just type in Sports 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 with Nick Drago. Special thanks to our social media warriors, Mary Kay and Gary Albert, Joe Palabro, and the whole game. Thanks for tuning in week in, week out. You know where to find me. And you know what? Get out there and like, comment, share, Twitter at me, tweet me, and do all those things so well. If uh, it's the end of the day, I don't even know. I'm done. I'm done talking, guys. Some technical difficulties. My brain's parking right now. This is what I can show. Yankees win, Jets win. That's all I care about, friends. Thank you so much and have an enjoyable night. Fuck off.